Zennial Odyssey podcast, where hosts Remy and Bobby Rocks explore life for people born in the late 70s and early 1980s. Each week, they embark on expeditions exploring their analog childhoods or interview guests about navigating adulthood in a digital world. Join them on another adventure to discover what it means to be a Zennial. Hello, everybody, and welcome back, as always. Hi. I'm pulling a train thing. Remy being Remy. But besides Remy being Remy, if everyone has not noticed, we have a returning guest. You've never seen him before, but you have heard him on several episodes. Jason, you welcome back. You heard my back. voice in the past. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks, thanks for coming back. As usual, Jay, backstories. I love backstories. That's, that's kind of my thing. You reached out to me. You wanted to come back on because you are still experimenting with psychedelics and you wanted to share some of your experiences that you've shared with Remy, but not me, but the floor is yours. Yes. Hi. Yeah. We, um, after talking with Remy and talking about my previous frustrations. Um, yeah. Well, hurdles. How about hurdles? hurdles? Yeah. Hurdles with, um, with opening my mind through with psychedelics. Um, I went on a eight gram lemon tech that I thought in the moment was not very significant. But after, you know, after processing, after thinking about what you're going through, and <clears throat> I reached out to Remy a couple, I don't know, what was it, a couple weeks ago? A couple ago, weeks back. And you need help with your car. Yeah, you know, man. Let's go take care of that, take <laughs> care of that tire and shit. You were my hero. And uh, while just talking in the car, we kind of broke down a lot of like, what happened to me during my during my last trip? May I ask you a question, Jay? Yes. So uh, I know you you said uh, you went on an eight gram journey. Yes. What um, can you kind of give us uh, an explanation of what your typical uh, gram intake was, or what you were building up to? How, well, how would can the process I actually? Was? Is it okay if I interject for just a second, please? Um, how about before we even do that, you remind people a little bit of what made you want to take them? Oh, very good. Thank you, Rem. No, no, no problem. I don't know. I mean, the, ve the veteran thing is interesting. Yeah. And, and yeah, being a veteran that, in the moment, that really wasn't some really wasn't a contributing factor. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this in the past. And like, I don't I don't my veteran status and my military history doesn't define me as a person. So I don't use that with a lot of weight. OK. I think a better the, the, angle uh, and I'm sorry, Jay, but I think a better angle is because you and I have talked about this. A lot of it is mental health driven, regardless of right of everything. Yeah. All of this is, yeah. You, I remember when you were uh, speaking to me, you had talked about how one goal you have is to you were you have been on medications. Yep, and you want to get off medications. Yes, or decrease, decrease or get off. And six and successfully since uh, since talking last, uh, I have um, I'm no longer on any sort of uh, mental health drugs. Well, now, this, we're not this, saying that every that's for everybody as a right, blanket. Right. It's not a, um, as a goal. Just, congratulations. Yes. And, and Jay, the wonderful thing about this sound pad. <laughs> you get a little applause for that. Literally a little applause. Because I don't know nice. where the volume went. I guess the reasoning why to consume psychedelics is just to expand my mind, see what's see what's out there. I've, mm -hmm. I've done a lot of reading, done a lot of research on my own about what psychedelics are, the history behind them, the religious uses of them. 
I don't know. I'm just looking to see the cosmos. I'm looking mm-hmm. to see what's beyond. Like there's a lot beyond our what we can see in our even our our own atmosphere. If my father were with us right now, my father would probably bring up the Moody Blues in search of the Lost Chord album because it's like you know, like that. Be what's beyond, right? What is what like, is what's the beyond? Sing, what's what I singularity? Can see. Like, like just because I can't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Exactly. And you know, for you, I think it's been interesting because we had talked on here about taking heroic doses, which means a large dose of mushrooms and taking them a certain way, empty stomach, et cetera, et cetera. But you'd come to a point where you felt like there was a little bit of a block. roadblock. And after this last heroic trip of eight grams, uh, lemon teched. Um, and tell people what that means, by the way. So lemon teching is a process of, ex- of converting the psilocybin to psilocybin prior to ingesting it. So your stomach has stomach acid in it, right? And lemon juice is an acid. So the lemon juice breaks down the psilocybin to psilocybin. So you don't get as nauseous. You don't get, you don't throw, I, you know. Each time I've taken uh, mushrooms, it's been through lemon tech or microdosing. I do this. That's, I do it the same way. So, and you know, it's a quicker onset, and you get through your trip a little quicker. Yep. It's not like an eight, ten hour. Kind any of, no, and so, any nauseous or, or anything? Uh, like yes. That? Yeah, I, I, I still got nauseous. How, eight grams how, is how, a lot. Well, I mean, yeah. Besides the eight grams, uh, like on a typical, as you've been dosing up, do you get do you get nausea when you do the lemon teching? Or um, I would still get a bout of nausea. It probably lasts maybe a half hour until. How intense? I didn't throw up. Well, was that's, it, yeah, was that's it a, like my mouth salivating like I was going to throw up? No. Okay. It yeah. was it just lower, it's just upper GI kind of. That's a good way you put that. I put that as the, pre, the pre-vomit. Yeah. I always call it like pre-vomit prep. Yeah. Like the vomit, like the vomit salivating. Well, a woman's yeah. vagina lubes itself up for sex. Wow. And our mouths lose themselves up so and we're the going to throw up. So the mind can have an expansive journey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, after taking it, um, you know, I didn't get any sort of visuals really much at all. Besides in my own mind, I couldn't see visuals. I could yeah. see visual in, in my notebook I wrote. Um, I could see music, but not in a linear fashion. Explain that, that to Bob. Sense. Please go on. It was like a cone. A cone of, a cone of music. I don't, I don't know. What's the, what's the word when you take psychedelics and it's just, you, you can't put things to words. Well, I mean, well, that's, I mean, I don't know the exact term, but that's kind of the fun of it. Cause you know what you mean by that and you know exactly what that means, but right. articulating that for other people who aren't in the experience can be really difficult. Jay, is yeah. this, is this like the stereotypical way people like way back when in REM being like, I could see sounds and I, I could, could taste right. colors, taste colors, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Like you can't really process into words what you're what what you're experiencing i could see like a little bit of like was it light refraction when your hands going can i can i say something real quick too because they have no reference point okay Mm -hmm. eight grams is a massive amount of mushrooms to take okay and and that's like that's why it gets the phrase heroic dose yeah because for a lot of people you're literally arm wrestling with god you're elsewhere and so what's interesting about his story is like so let's say you wanted to mildly trip. Let's say you wanted to mildly trip. We'll give them a reference point. I was going to say, because the, the only time I have taken psychedelics, it was two and a half grams. I was about to say two grams. Two and a half grams for me. 
I was at a party. The party had a, a projection TV. For you youngsters, you don't have any fucking idea what I'm talking about. It's basically a TV that's the size of a wall. But for me, the only kind of thing that was like, like altered reality that I experienced is at some point it gave me a sensation like I was at a movie theater and someone was pulling the curtains back. And that's a, that's yeah. a normal introductory dose. And then, you know, people mm -hmm. will take an eighth, which is 3.4. That's usually what people will do next. And that's significantly stronger. A heroic dose can be five to seven grams dried and taken kind of on a fast too. So, you know, you're just getting that in your stomach. So I have to keep, I have to tell people the fact that this yeah, dude, please don't, walk, please don't walk in the door, taking eight grams, lemon. No, and, please and, do not. Because that's that's the definition of of having a bad trip. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's where that's, that's where the, everything that the government has told us. Yes, that's where those stories come from. That's like, please don't. No, it, please it, don't. It's a crazy dose, and I'm the one who told him to take that exact dose. And when he said that, it's like, man, that's a lot. Yeah, and he's like, I'm scared, and I said, you should be. That's, you, that's I laughed when he when he texted me that. Like, I'm a little scared. He's like, you fucking should be. Yeah, the people who aren't are weirder, in my opinion. But right. so, but you need to understand that his story for eight grams is not a typical eight gram story. You did have a mild experience for that amount of mushrooms, right? And and so I don't want people to be like, oh, I can take eight. No, if any of you take eight grams of mushrooms, you're gonna be arm wrestling with God, pissing your pants, and then waking up wanting to change your name it's mm -hmm. going to be too much right is it would it be fair to say that comparatively speaking for an eight gram experience that it was mild probably because of how frequently you take it how you've been no. dosing up or no. is it just good more questions like, yeah, or, that, or that, is it just more of a it just shit happens sometimes we think we get to the bottom of I it think but you're going to get once there we, once we yeah we'll get there it's time for the opening act welcome to the odyssey So I consume the lemon juice and I'm sitting on the front porch, you know, I'm just like watching. It's at six o'clock in the evening. It's six o'clock in the evening because I don't, I didn't really want to take it too late. I wanted to sleep. And um, so I'm watching the front porch and I'm watching the birds take dirt baths and, you know, things are, colors are amplified, brightness is amplified. Uh, I was like, and I started getting a little queasy in my stomach and I was like, I'm going to go lay down. So um, I lay down and I put headphones on. I put on my old Norse Viking chants. Yeah, Shit's, oh, that's that's I like that. That's yeah, dope. It's uh, it's dope, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's I. I'm jealous. It, it's kind of embarrassing a little bit, but there's nothing to be embarrassed. About. It's it's. Uh, I thought it was cool. So I'm laying there and I'm and um, I'm I'm listening to music. And uh, the music's kind of irrelevant to, well, it's always relevant, but just in this particular story, I guess it isn't. So I'm laying there, and I'm, I'm and I'm, I start feeling a feeling of ascension, like just my body rise, like not my my body rising, my spirit rising spirit. out of your body, whatever it is. Yeah. So I'm rising. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And in my mind, I don't. It's dark, but it's, it's like I'm in a space. I'm in a space. Am I in space? No, I'm in a space. It's dark, and I can, like, see the boundaries of the space. And the outside of the space is kind of, like, glittery, let's call it. And um, 
I don't know if it's my it was my own imagination kind of spurling or if I could see what because I couldn't like see what I was doing, but I was rising a staircase. It was cold, it was stone. And I get to the top of the staircase and I just hear I don't hear it it's in my mind. I got almost like a telekinesis or like ESP not, like that. I don't, I don't know. I could just a voice was spoke. it was, was it more like you were sensing of something of a voice? like that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a voice spoke. You're not ready yet. He didn't say yet. You are not ready. So so you I'm going to turn to the camera. So when we do the video for this, so everyone can see my face. Like, is that, I, I I don't know. Did you see the look on my face? That, that that just struck me as very profound. Mm. That would that would have me if I were in your shoes having that kind of experience. That probably would have had me literally on my knees. Like, yeah. just to be like, wow. For him, I think it was, but, but, but yes, I am. Yeah. That's what I think it was, because it, that in like, itself. What the, like, what the fuck are you talking about? But he's right. Mm-hmm. That's an incredibly profound yeah. moment of the trip, but it wasn't what you yeah. wanted to hear. Right. So at the time, I think there was a part of you that got maybe mentally defensive. And that would have happened to because me I immediately Because after that little episode, I immediately came back. I was. You were denied entrance to the club, bro. So you got back in your car. It's like, what else am I going to do? What are you Mm going to do? And that was interesting. I think for you, that was the pivot point. Yeah. That was the point that we got to work off of and say, okay, there's something going on here. Now, what is it? Who's guarding the door or why is the door being guarded? That's what has to be asked at that point. Continue, though. I just. So after that, the trip was. You know, I had bouts of giddiness, and but I couldn't get sad. I remember, like, thinking about sad things and not being able to cry or be sad about them. I felt, like, disassociation. I was confused. You know, thoughts coming in. It's like, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I do this? What's wrong with me? And that's the worst. Those are the worst ones we entertain, but yeah. they happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feelings of sadness, can't cry. Uh, feeling of happiness, you know, I would I would laugh at certain points, but like overall, like I should be happy about this thought and not really. So I just I bounced that as as uh, like disassociate. That was the next word, disassociation. May I momentarily stop you just because I want to? So for everyone didn't see, I mean, Jay has a journal. It's a very lovely journal. I do want to ask you: Was this during or was no, this kind of post? This was post recap. It was the end of the trip. Oh, okay. So you're you're the- you're back to some level of uh, being lucid. Yeah. I'll use that word lucid. And it, 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 so what Jay when Jay was coming out of it, he just wanted to start jotting things down right. so and that I, he could remember. And I also had Caitlin write her observations. You made this very scientific. I love that. You know, it this is what I guess this is what the pros do. So and they've got this somewhat. Oh, there's no out. there's no knock on my part, Jay, because yeah. this is this is the stuff that so where this started, if people haven't seen the episode, is it started when you brought to my attention how to change your mind on Netflix. Yes. And how we are trying to bring science to the level of psychedelics and other kind of drugs that have a bad rap. And what the scientists are trying to, they're trying to prove that there are benef- medicinal benefits, spiritual benefits, there are benefits. These things are positives. Yeah. And that's great because part of that scientific <laughs> thing is Jay and, and with a supportive spouse Aiding you in this. Very sorry. Sorry, continue. She's she's the goddamn she's she's the best. Um generally confused why uh, a lot of self-doubt. 
and the only thing that I could really tie myself back was the only thing I did, I did know is I love Caitlin and I could just kept telling her. Um, now, let me ask you, so, let me ask you one quick question. What was your most prolific psychedelic experience before this one? Um, they've all been so, they've all been so dull. Yeah. So it's really hard to, this was the most profound. Okay. This is the most profound and I can't really pinpoint another one. And I don't, this is the first time taking notes. Yeah. So this is really nothing I can really go back on. Fair enough. So, you know, Caitlin and I were, you know, she was doing some research online during during my trip of um, one of the things could be ego block. Like, it's your own ego. And what's an ego? Our sense of self? Our, our own consciousness? I, our I would own... say, yeah. The way I've always interpreted it through school or through my working is that our ego is what we're, we're conscious of. Right. You know, and, and, um, it depends on who you follow. If you follow Freud or it is our primal, the primal part of our being, mm -hmm. our ego keeps that in check and our super ego keeps both of them in check. Right. You know, <laughs> so, but, but how I interpret the ego is the ego is that connection we have to reality that we are consciously aware of. So your ego is also a, a survival mechanism, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So it keeps you from. Freaking out or freaking, experiencing something that'll be too much. Right. Yep. So your ego is definitely going to protect, protect your brain. And that's what I thought mm -hmm. was going on, was my own ego gripping onto the steering wheel. I was like, nah, bud, we're not doing none of this. Like, this is, yeah. Like, yeah. you're going to lose your fucking mind. Was that but, scary to you when you were shut out? Was there right, any part just, of you that felt? just like, just pissed, like frustrated. Yeah. Like, what the, like, why? Like, yeah. what, like why can't I do this? Yeah, and a lot of a lot of Caitlin's notes are um, like you're you're tripping you're tripping harder than you think you are, mm, which that's I a good that's a good uh, that's yeah. good which I a hundred percent agree with. Yep. Yeah. So I guess fast forward to a couple weeks later when I picked up Remy to go fix his flat tire. We're talking about this. He's reading through my notes. He's reading through Caitlin's notes, and um, he brings up something about his father. And then I am, I'm immediately just, I immediately go into emotions. Yeah. And it was so interesting because we're trying to figure it out and we're approaching it from like 20 different angles. What could this be? Why could this be? How could this be? And then for whatever reason, yeah, I brought up something that was personal to me mm -hmm. and he immediately resonated with it intensely though, to the point where you didn't realize how intensely that resonation was until it was pointed out to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was crying multiple different occasions during that, during that car. Ride. Jay, I'm not going to, and I don't know if you guys can see it, but like the conversation, as you were talking about that, if I were in that role of having that kind of journey, I, I would hope at some point at the end of somewhere on that journey or at the end of my journey is an experience where I get to see my dad again or talk to my dad again. And I'm sitting here trying not to yeah. battle the emotions yeah. of that because yeah. I know that there would be a momentary thing. And I'm going to get to that okay. too. Okay, good. So we start talking about our dads and up to this point, I know in my mind 
I I knew I haven't processed the death of my father. No. Being no. me being a 13-year-old boy. And then all of these feelings, mm-hmm. these are all feelings that I that I had as a 13-year-old boy. Disassociation, stress in my chest, having to take deep breaths, confused. What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? These are all things that happened to me as 13. Mm-hmm. I was reliving my shit as a 13 year, 13 year old boy at the at the at that at that particular time and I didn't even realize it until talking to Remy. And what I've kind of come to the conclusion is my father's never left me. I can talk to my dad whenever I want to. You can talk to your dad mm-hmm. whenever you want to. And I do. And I do. I, I, yeah, I do. And like we don't, we don't have to miss them. You ever feel them? Yeah, because I, I, I do. I feel now, I, now I feel that like I just that. fucking realized them, yeah. like, yeah, he's fucking with me. How yeah. do you think? How do you think you survived? Yeah. Like, I'm 39 years old. Mm-hmm. How do you think I survived all the stupid shit that I did throughout my entire life? For real, though. Joining, joining the Marine Corps at 18, going to Iraq twice. Have you know having one failed marriage? So did he. <laughs> but and see, then, you, re- and then, you start realizing that. And cr- then, like, just, like, realizing, like, yeah, he's still with me. Mm-hmm. He's with me in my conscious. He's with me with my with my ego. I don't know. Yes. I, if I could, because uh, what it, I do feel similar to you, because, like, when I find, for me, it's when I find that I'm doing things, because I've always had this thought. Because, and I've talked to Rem, I've talked to you, I've, I've been very candid with anybody who wants to hear it. Like, my father was, he was an alpha's alpha, but he wasn't like a rah-rah, puff-your-chest-out alpha. He was just, that's who he, he was, a, he was a guy, he didn't have to let you know he was the, yeah. he felt like he was the top shit in the room. Yeah, he, he had the biggest dick in the room, but he didn't need to tell But he didn't, he didn't yeah. let you know that, but there were times where it would come out. Right. And, and so, and I don't mean like that, but I mean, there are times, because I've never felt like, well, I'm not like my dad. That's not my personality. Now, other people have said, well, mm, you don't give yourself enough credit. There's there's moments where you're wild like your dad. There's mo- like that, but I don't focus on that. But there's times where like I do things like you know like an adult, like the way my dad would do him, and I'll catch myself going. There he is. There he is. Yeah. There's Tom. There's yeah. Tom. There's Tom being yeah, with me right now. He's he's still with you. Like he's helping mm-hmm. you. And he, my, my my father helped me. My dad's right now. I've been going through some shit, and I talk mm-hmm. to that dude every day. Yep. There are times he, I can feel him sitting next to me in my car as I'm driving. Yeah. And usually it's like if I'm listening to um, ZLX, if I'm listening to classic rock, where I put the Moody Blues on. Yeah. I know he's right there. And he's probably being like, could you play this song instead? Like, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'll be like. But what you're aware of, you ne- not necessarily were aware of yeah. because you didn't look at I it. I thought I was like, why? Yeah. Like, I really need my dad right now. Like, I really, it's like, fuck, I just need to talk to him. I need to, like, why, you know, it's one certain tribulation in my life at a, at a particular moment like he's been here the entire time helping me along yeah so going from that point i feel like i needed to have a discussion with my father about control and about boundaries because i it could have been him kind of holding on too tight providing too much protection um, and him being from a, being from a generation where it was like, he was born in 42. Boomer. So, he's a boomer. Yeah. He's, and drugs are actually, for losers. No, he, actually, he's not a boomer. 
He was prior, no, he, is. he is prior to Boomer. No, he is 1940 to 1965 or 1962. Or 19, no, that's how they roughly once, do it. Yeah, but, but that's okay. but one reason. It's why like there's yeah. nothing. There's no. There's no such thing as a zenial. It's just <laughs> I'm just trying to narrow down the group, the demographic yeah. of people, and that's why because like you and I are on the cusp of Gen X, but we're early millennials. Right. I don't know about you. I never felt like a fucking millennial. Yeah. But that's because of where we are. Your dad's same boat. He's on the uh, the greatest generation and boomers. Right. That's where your dad. So, and a lot of the propaganda during the time was anti-everything. Reefer madness. Reefer madness. So uh, I could understand why he would be apprehensive about, you know, since he's with me, he's like, I don't want to take that shit. I got to protect my kid. Yeah. Listen here, what you doing there? Taking the wacky tobacco. Um, so I, I wrote, and I'm not going to read through the letter. Yeah, it's though, no, that's not of our business. That's your personal, that you, I, you do what you're comfortable with, I, and if you're not, that's fine. I wrote him a letter just saying hi for the first time and since being 13. That must have been incredibly powerful. Yeah, it was... Uh, and difficult a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of like got to, a, got to some points where I just kind of stopped and like, what the fuck, and like, what am I... But um, yeah, I got through a couple pages and I felt really good about it at, at the end. I'm, 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 I wouldn't even ask to read that because you know what's, you know what's fucking wild right now, is uh, after my dad, about probably like three or four months after my dad died, my mom found a letter he wrote to his dad when his dad died. Yeah. And she gave it to me and I read it. And I um, mean, let's be honest, four months after after he died, I'm, that's still raw. Oh, yeah. of course. I lost. I just fucking turned into a puddle, like reading that. So I wouldn't even, because <laughs> I'll probably turn into a puddle here. if I. And I think another thing relevant to what we're talking about, too, I think that, you know, talking to your dad is huge, but I also think that there's a part of you that had you tripped harder, that death would have hit you differently. Yeah. And I think I needed, you needed, I needed to face to, it. I needed to process this in a safer space. Mm-hmm. That's if, what I believe. I believe that him keeping you safe is also you keeping you safe, but it was also because of that suddenly hit you in the middle of an eight gram trip, it would be a lot. It would be a It'd lot. It would be too much. Yeah. 100%. You'd never trip much. again. Yeah, yeah, you'd hate it. Yeah, who knows yeah. what, what would Because here's the thing about a good trip. Eight hours feels like three hours. Here's the thing about a bad trip. Eight hours feels like three months. Right. That's the thing. And it's all time is relative. That's what mm-hmm. the whole saying is about. But And from just what I've uh, experienced through what you kind of steered me towards and what, Rem, you've steered me towards is that when you use especially psychedelics in a therapeutic manner for, for, for therapy or, or spiritualness, these are great things. These are, this, that's not a bad thing. Like no. being told. No, no, well said. Not ready. No, it's just, it's just a go back to the drawing board and come, exactly. back, and come they, back with something. They didn't yeah. have to, they didn't say never. They didn't say this isn't for you. Not ready is not ready. And then that gave you an opportunity because when I first talked to you, you were incredibly frustrated. Yep. And that's when it becomes incredibly counterintuitive because then it's almost like a guy who wants to get a boner but can't. Right. Do you know what I mean? He wants to fuck, but because of that, he can't fuck. So I think that it becomes this sort of self-fulfilling thing. And I'll tell you, man, like we talked and there was genuine emotion. Like you, even in that moment, was kind of a breakthrough for you. Yeah. Because you were like, holy shit, the most important and glaring thing that ever happened to me, I wasn't looking at in terms of this, you know, and that's what made it make sense. And it was just me randomly saying to him, my life sucks right now. And I would do anything to talk to my dad. Mm-hmm. And then you were like my dad. And then we just had that moment. Yeah. 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 It was, it was 
really cool, and I'm glad I shared it with you. Shout out to all three of our dads. Yep. Shout yeah. out. Shout out to Ron. Yeah. Shout out to Tom. Shout out to Dick and Dick. Yeah. Tom, Dick, and Harry, baby. <laughs> but honestly, yeah, because because you know, look how we're doing, guys. We turned out all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of you guys. But and I I think as corny as this is going to sound too, you have a better relationship with your dad now. Yeah. As a result yeah, of that. I don't feel like abandoned. No. And he doesn't either. Because right. you, you know what I'm saying? Because it's hard for a kid. What the fuck is a 13 year old supposed to do with the greatest loss of their life? I went through it at 44 and it fucking destroyed me. So, how do you do it at 13? So, what you do is you compartmentalize it so that you can survive and grow yep. into a normal just, adult. Mm-hmm. Just stick that into a box and put it away. And yeah. No need to no need to address it. Oh, yeah. Just do what we always do as men. Yep. Or, 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 or what, Stuff it down. Or well, sadly, what society conditions us tells to us be to like do. or tells us to do. Two dudes hugging in tears at a fucking tire warehouse. <laughs> There's no bullshit. Is that is there that, a word of bullshit in there? Nope, there's not a word of sorry, bullshit in sorry there. Sorry for the, the dip with my laugh, but that, no, was, that was good. That was like, that's, what I like about that is, yeah, it's comical, but who fucking cares where it happens? That's it. That's the why whole I said point I was like, because I saw yeah. him, I was like, bro, give me a hug. You're good. Because mm-hmm. a lot of shit suddenly hit him. And then in that moment, it opened kind of a floodgate, like, no shit. I've been talking to him, but I haven't talked mm-hmm. to him. Yeah, I've been talking to him, but I haven't sat down and said, yo, because I had that. I sat, I had that two weeks ago with my dad. I'm like, listen, man, I just need an assist. That's what you used to do. That's what you were good at. And then I got a job interview. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's interesting how much that is in every day of every moment of our lives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? But, yeah. It was, so it, this theory hasn't been tested yet. Which is I good. Don't, and I don't, I don't know if I take another eight. I don't know if I take another eight grams. Is 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 it because of my body, or is it something else? I do have a question before we kind of, because I, I think Rem, that's a good question for you. But before this, what was the most you've ever taken? Five. Okay. And I was gonna ask, was it was it like no, six? Was it like seven? Was it was it there was a it was, up? It was five, I took. I've taken shrooms a lot now. <laughs> um. I took a five gram dose. I then took a five, and then it really wasn't doing anything I could that I knew about. So I took another two. So I took seven overall. One particular trip, and then this last one was was eight grams. And okay. I think it, Thank you. it's smart too to catch your breath for a minute between. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't microdosed. I haven't. I'm not really all that good with scheduling medication. Yeah. But um I haven't been microdosing. Just I guess I guess to just to have a good cool off period. Yeah, I think I think it's smart. I think it, it's gonna make the next experience more pronounced too. Yeah. You know, for a multitude of reasons. But I, uh, in general I would go I would go a month between having a significant Yeah. That's a good way dose. to do it. Giving yourself a break. Like a month break between, like a month break between, whoop, really, yeah. really. All right, let's bring the ante up a little bit. Right. 
And all that affects it, you know, all that and, does. And and trying to schedule around having children in the house. Like and life and work. Yeah, yeah, life and work. And, like, is, does this particular Saturday work? <laughs> the opportunity will present itself to you. Yeah, it will. And I, and, I, and I know it will. So, yeah, when the next trip happens, it happens. And it'll probably be, it'll probably be eight grams. Yeah, he wants to, and the heroic dose things is to give people some some backstory. The idea is to take a ton, obviously, and then you put yourself in a dark room and you just let the ghosts tell you what they want to tell you. Right. That's what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why they call it heroic because, you know, a, a trip can be eight to ten hours. It can be an intense ride, you know? But um, but yeah, I think that the way you've approached everything has been really intelligent. You do it very thoroughly, taking the notes, all that shit. And hey, man, the, the whole dead dad thing, I'm proud of you. Thanks. It's not easy to come to those realizations and to face that stuff. Yeah, you know and, what I mean? And being able to talk about it without crying is fun. Awesome, right? Yeah. But that's progress. Right. That's progress. Because we were both super emotional talking about it. And I was wondering how it would be today for that reason. Yeah. Now I would have no problem shedding te- tears on this show because this is our safe mm-hmm. fucking place. We're allowed to do that, you know? Yeah. But it just shows the growth that you've had with it in terms of facing it. So all in all, my trips have been more profound than I, than I think they've been. I agree with her on that. You're, you're, the reason you think they're not is because you have an expectation, and what we need to do for you is pull that out. Yeah. And if you think and about I, it from a perception standpoint, you're in it. Exactly. You're, yeah, you're in you're, you're, you are the You are the vessel. But she's... She spends all that time with you, and she's aware you're tripping yeah. harder than you think you are. But you're not because you're looking for something specific to tell you that. Right. Whether it's a particular hallucination or something. And that's when what you said about physiology, yes, we can become our own blocks for that. I 100% believe that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we can psych ourselves out. Exactly. I'm, I'm trying to find some, some funny comments that I made. Uh, long saga about the fan. You spoke like you were reading from a book. When I, when I recommended on your interesting choice of words and storyline, you told me, that's how the cats write their sagas. I remember when you told me that line. And when you said Related. the fan, are you talking about a fan? Like a ceiling a, fan. Okay, okay. Like a ceiling fan. I, I can't remember the And did you mean actual cats or like jazzy dudes? No, like, cats. Like awesome. felines. Yeah. yeah. See, you're tripping then. That, yeah. that, that's not a sober <laughs> sentence, my dude. Uh, I've made similar sober sentences. Okay, I'm crazy too, so I'm right there with you. But... I can. Uh, I've known both of you long enough to agree with both of your uh, uh, sentiments there. Yeah, fair and, enough. And Caitlin does expound. To be fair, this is something you might have said sober. There you go. <laughs> That's how you know you got the right one, brother. Yeah, she's cool. Said I love you a lot, and sadly, and felt like you were waiting for it to happen in the entire trip. You seemed overall disapp- disappointed with your experience, but I thought you got some good insights. So, is that going to be your like documentation? Is this what? Uh, yeah, this, the, the book will be for. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I got some other weird Norse shit in here too. I am but, uh, Overall, is it a therapeutic? It's a therapeutic yes. aid. Yes. Well, perfectly fine. That, yeah. And I just want just for clarification. Yeah. Just yep. Anybody who carries a journal is doing something right, as far as I'm concerned. That's just that's and how I feel. Looking to explore inside, as far as I'm concerned. And it's leather bound. Right. I saw can, that, and that was one thing that caught my mind. Yes. I'm convinced it's filled with the world's secrets. <laughs> Every time you left the car, I read a new chapter. <laughs> so, Jay, I know you've talked about. You're you're now off medications. I am entirely yes. How do you feel? I think that that's um, great. I feel really that's good. Great. 
Not that we're telling people to get off no. your medications. Yeah. We're not anti-medication. No. For no. him, it was, was becoming was, too much. And after and after realizing it, I was on an antidepressant for like 14 years. Wow. 10, 10 years. At least 10 years. When people say trips, get rid of their depression. People thought, say trips, clear yeah. out the cobwebs. They yeah. do. Four. And, and every trip that I did take, I did feel like the next day, just cobwebs being shaken off. Yeah. Just yep. getting rid of the... The junk in there, the plaque, the whatever. Blowing the dust off the top of the bureau. Now, Remy right. can Remy can talk for me here, but, like, when I got off the medications, it was when I started using a CPAP machine. And that because I started feeling these benefits of actually not waking up, whether I consciously was aware of it or not, throughout the night. And dying, getting, uh, oh, right, dying, dying in yeah, your sleep. Di- yeah, dying for a minute in your sleep, yeah. no big deal. I started having, number one, more energy. I started having these things, and then I started coming off and then i was off the meds and then rem was doing a lot of check-ins with me because he's like it's almost like you're manic and i was like but that doesn't make sense i've never been manic i've always been just depressed Mm -hmm. and he goes but it could be a rebound of your like physiologically of your body like your body is deprived of serotonin so now it's goes into overdrive because you've removed it and on top of that that is a thing serotonin sickness on top of that you're getting the amount of serotonin you need now because you're sleeping and your brain is like resetting itself Bob gets intense. Just like me, though, I get intense. Bob will be the first one to tell me, and Bob gets intense sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know this. Mm. But, yeah, there was a particular stint, and I was like, just checking on you, homie, because you do it with me. And I was fucking, my life's been a mess. You'll hit me up once a week and be like, you're still alive, homie? I'm like, yep, thanks, man. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is, for me, it's, and you could probably have seen it, it's leveled out. Oh, 100%. It's it's leveled out. It was like a spike, and then uh, leveled out. Right, because your your serotonin receptors were... Now being allowed to absorb serotonin yeah. and yeah. kick it, and if they don't, and if if they don't, they kick it. They back produce and take it. it back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it, it your now your body's actually working the way it's supposed to, and it's now it's weird. Yeah, and there are people you know nowadays, um, mushrooms and MDMA are being studied for for working better as an antidepressant than antidepressants, and so people are taking it upon themselves because, to heal themselves because these med- these medicines are actually fixing the issues in your brain inside yep they're not, not just making you high to forget the issues or whatever right, or not putting right. something on top of it jay did you ever see the uh so the guy who kind of narrated and hosted how you change your mind yes I the older guy and he's and he's an author and i do forget his name and i apologize <clears throat> he was a part of another thing that was on netflix magical mushrooms did you ever watch that i did not Ooh, you should yeah you should you know why it's not so much about Oh, science. It's, it's, it's about science. It's about like the science of mushrooms, mushrooms. are brilliant, dude. It's about the And what they found, what we have found is that when they're in the wild and they're attached to trees or plants. Oh, yeah. They're a communication under, system. Underground, they create a neural network. network for everything. And they share. They don't just communicate. They share nutrients among plants and everything. And so that's why I, I bring that up, too, for everybody, too, because if they're doing that for nature, what are they doing for our minds? Right. Well, no, and here's we the thing. And, and, and I don't want to brush over that very quickly. Like this is this is an anecdotal evidence. This right. is this is there's science behind this. There there's is science the mushroom it. network that goes under the United States is more connected and more complex than the United States train system. Facts. They've compared a map of the train system over to how they mm-hmm. the networks they create, and it's like. We're idiots, and they just and look what they've done with what look what they've done with mushrooms or with um fungi fungi of of any kind in laboratories, where they where they overlay it over like transit systems, 
And not only will it quickly map it out, It'll adapt. it makes it more efficient. Yeah. It shows ways it can be more efficient. This is nature working, and these are, yeah. and these are things that this just shows they're not dangerous. And things. I've boiled ground mushrooms, and I, I I have pictures of this on my phone. And so you're talking about all dust, right? Mm-hmm. Not not connected in any way. Put them in the pan, let them slow boil for like an hour and a half. They'll form. They'll reconnect. So when I go back, it will be one mass with honeycomb shapes missing throughout it. But all the mushrooms will reconnect into one thing. It's fucking nuts, dude. And I think we're, you know, lion's mane, golden mane. There are a bunch of different kinds people use now for brain health. And I think people are just waking up to the fact that we've had the best medicines the whole time, right under yeah, our feet. The entire and, time. And you yep. know, um, you know, for medicinal purposes now, it's been legalized in Rhode Island, right? Has it? Yeah. It happened, I think, like a month and a half ago. Rhode Island? For medicinal purposes. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. I heard, I heard about it. You guys can look it up. I'm pretty, I heard it on the radio. I thought it was Colorado. No, Colorado did that years ago. Like oh. this happened this year. That wow. Rhode, Rhode Island, Rhode Island made it for medicinal purposes. Like it's okay. So like, there's a, there's, so there, but there's still a process. To yeah. Them. Like similar to cannabis. You'd yeah, have to get a medicinal you, card. You'd have to. Where do you get medicinal mushrooms legally? That would be a good question. Let's I don't look know. Into, let's look into that. Mm. So that just goes to show very slowly. That it's working its way around. Yeah, it is, it is working its way around. Um, and Remy mentioned MDMA. MDMA is on the is still on the cusp of listen. Being... MDMA the, the, of all the episodes, that's the one I focus on because what MTV's what that MTV doc did for MDMA took it back twenty took, years. Took it back to the Stone Age. Did you ever see it? No. So yep. it's like this this uh, young teenage girl. She's raving all this, and this doctor who was anti MDMA brought her in and he showed her what was an MRI image of her brain with oh, that was, holes you know, in it. Oh, the, Phil Donna, the Phil Donahue. Yeah, and he was oh, the guy yeah, was on, yeah, on that. Yeah. And then literally like it took 6 years but then they said the guy's a fraud, fuck him. Yep. He was purposely misleading with that. And that was talked about in the how to change yep. your mind episode. But what I love about that is we're using MDMA for people with post traumatic stress. Post traumatic stress is something that exists much more uh, everywhere than we know. And not just with like veterans, because they were showing with the veteran, but the guy who saw his his mom get murdered, right? And how he was he was basically on a trip with two therapists with him, mm-hmm. and that to me was like that is awesome. Yeah. That well, I so told awesome. you, and just to bring this up, I actually told my theory to you is that maybe, maybe therapeutically, you should consider MDMA next before your next mushroom trip. I had mentioned that to you. You did. Just because I think one could soften the other. Mm. I think that if part of what's been the block is that you've been a little bit emotionally afraid to to face some stuff. Then MDMA is the thing that's going to open that door. I think that MDMA initially would drop that mm-hmm. wall even more for you. So it's just, some, mm-hmm. it's just something for you to consider because, again... I can speak the proponents of both of them, and and they're remarkable what they can do. And that one's the next one on the come. Like if we if we're starting to get to a point where psilocybin is getting medicinally legalized, MDMA like is right behind it. Right behind it. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just a matter of like you said, a lot of what today was about was just being self aware and yep. and realizing that we're all probably more fucked up than we think we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely are. You know. <laughs> Because we, we go there and it's like, no, everything's good. Everything's good. And then you and I just had a moment and we were both like, duh, because it made so much sense. Right. But it was easy to oversee.
And who would have even thought if I just hadn't randomly told you I wanted to talk to my dad, we would have never gotten that conversation. No. So it was just, I, I feel like that was my dad. Yeah, it was, yeah, both our dads were so hanging out. also in the backseat of that car. Yeah, I'm like, look at these two fuck-ups. But aren't they great, though? Aren't they great? These fuckers away. Hey, look at these fucking guys, huh? But thank you for coming and sharing, man. Like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you as always, Jay. And we oh, said last welcome. time, we're going to have you on for your heroic dose. We did. We're going to have you on for your breakthrough trip. So mm. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to talking about that with you, man. Absolutely. Yep, no matter how, how you get there. Yeah. It's yeah, the fact it's, you get there. It's, it's a journey. It's, it, there's really no rush. That's it, man. That's a great way to approach it, too. And just be gentle with mm-hmm. yourselves, and that's it. Yep. That's all we can do. Yeah. yeah that's a yeah. theme Remy brings up all the time on the show. Be gentle with yourself. Yeah, we're, you're, you're doing all right. Thank you very much, Jay. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks Until the next me. time, yep. when, when we know you'll definitely be uh, telling us about it. And for everyone else, thank you for stopping by. Take Love care. Love you guys. Bye.